Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking Formula One podcast. My name is Ben Hocking, joined by Samuel Sage and Harry Eid. Guys, ready to discuss some more Formula One? We're going to go with motorsport today. Oh, oh man. Shit. We don't talk about it a lot. We may come across stupid. Yeah, real controversial topic, Formula One, that we're going to discuss today. First of all, to address some very important news, though, is that last week we did have a Formula One hybrid era draft. Uh, Very fun video to make, had some special guests on the show. I would advise checking that out as soon as you can. But um, uh, spoiler ahead, if you haven't seen that, the winner of the event was Sam, who managed to put together a team of, of JB who you were very celebratory towards getting that pick. Um, a Ferrari power unit and chassis duo. Toto Wolf managing your team. And Signs and Bianchi as well. So the hybrid era draft, Sam, you won it. So congratulations for that. I would say I'm the Mercedes of the hybrid era now. But ironically, there was not much Mercedes within my team. Uh, all I can say is it still feels great to have JB's lovely face up your bums. Yeah. That, that was probably the takeaway comment of the evening. So well done on that, Sam. Um, moving on to this week, we're going to be looking at Daniel Ricciardo. Of course, he's now got a full season under his belt at Renault. We're going to be asking at this point in time, has he made a mistake in his decision to move to Renault? We're going to be looking at Haas, whether they are going down the same route as Williams or whether they'll be able to recover in 2020. And a bit of Mick Schumacher as well. He's entering his second year in Formula 2. We ask whether he needs to win the championship this season to be seen as a viable candidate for Formula 1. But first, we're going to be looking at Sebastian Vettel and basically asking, has the man still got it? We know that he lost to Charles Leclerc in 2019, making it two losses in the last six seasons to teammates. Um, and of course, no championship now in six years. Sam, do you believe that Sebastian Vettel has still got it? Can he bounce back and win a championship again? Yeah, I completely believe that Sebastian Vettel has still got what it takes in the locker. The man's a four-time world champ, but two of those championships were tough for him to get hold of. I mean, we all remember those incredible scenes where he snatched it away in the dying laps of the final race of the season. Unreal moments in Formula One. In, only this decade. Well, it's not, I suppose, is it? Last 10 years. We'll go with that. Um, the point is, the man can drive. The man can perform under pressure. And I don't think it's actually that damning that he loses to Charles Leclerc. Um, Ferrari have almost semi-announced that the car is still being built around Sebastian Vettel. Charles Leclerc is in the safety of the knowledge that his contract is much longer term. He will be the long-term focus of Ferrari. He's the future of Ferrari. Sebastian Vettel is still their main man. He's still where the, the talent, the focus, the drive, the experience really comes from. And they need that in the team. If they lose Vettel, I think they lose a real stronghold of Formula One uh, to possibly a rival or possibly just to retire completely. Lewis Hamilton's still churning out some of the best performances we've ever seen him do. He's older than Vettel, so I don't think age is really an issue for him. Yeah, he hasn't really gone along too well with the newer cars, but I think as long as he can work with Ferrari, reliability and strategy are good. I really think he could challenge. I think this could be a very close year. I think Vettel could be on it. Yes, Leclerc is a real formidable opponent. He's always going to get better and better and better. But I definitely think he's able to match him if he just keeps his head in the game, to quote Troy Bolton from Wildcats. <laughs> very very good quote um harry do you think the same do you think that vettel can bounce back this year and claim another championship it's been a while since his fourth one 
I do, but it massively depends on uh, what the car is like from Cesar. I think on the, if if you get give Vettel a car that he can drive, he likes, i.e., like a, a Red Bull twenty eleven or twenty thirteen. The the man is unstoppable, um, and I'm not sure who else could beat him, even Hamilton, if the car is right. Um, last year, I think it was clear the car just didn't suit him. And he suffered for it. He still pulled out some good good performances, but a lot of the time it wasn't great. And yeah, he he struggled in comparison to to Chuck Chuck Leclerc. So um, if the yeah, and as Sam said, they've already kind of semi announced that it's going to be built around Seb this year. If that's true, and if it works, then I see no reason why the four-time world champion cannot bounce back and claim another. But yeah, I think it's all down to that car. I'm not saying he's not a terrific driver. I'm just saying he really needs a car that works for him. And he didn't have that last year. So we should have to see what the boys and girls at Maranello build before we, yeah, before we see. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go on. It just tailed off. Did tail off. <laughs> I thought I'd finished. And then I thought I hadn't finished. And then I was like, do you know what? I have finished. And it was so much confidence in the point. I love it. Look, the worst speak for themselves, lads. Up your bums. <laughs> twice in wow. one video. Yeah, they need to stop saying that phrase. It's getting too often now. Um, anyway, so I think Sebastian Vettel not winning a championship in what will now be six years. I, I don't think that is a as much of a concern. Um, and I don't think that's an indication that Sebastian Vettel hasn't got it anymore. I don't think the championship break necessarily says that. Fernando Alonso, of course, won his two championships 2005-2006. Would anyone say that 10 years later, when he was still racing in Formula 1, was he a significantly worse driver? No, he wasn't. Um, however, I do believe that Sebastian Vettel has not got what he once had. Um, I think it's been too many years now. Um, I bet. I'll be bummed. Don't care. Um, <laughs> I think after his four years winning championships just before the hybrid era started, I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt for the first few years. I don't think you can go six seasons, not necessarily all underperforming, but all not at that elite level. And I, I still can't believe now that in this seventh year that he has it. I, I, I think it's just been too long. 2014, he loses to Daniel Ricciardo. 2019, he loses to Charles Leclerc. It's a worrying sign that he's lost twice to a teammate that is not necessarily the experienced teammate. He, that he's lost to teammates that have just fresh come into the team. That, for me, is a massive concern. Um, his middle years, he had a couple of uh, a couple of half chances at the at the championship. He too many, made too many errors, uh, particularly in 2018. Um, to to take the glory. Uh, he had a real chance in both of those years and he failed on both occasions. I think there have been too many missed opportunities. There have been too many below average seasons. I, I'm i looking to see what has been his best year since he won those championships. It's a tough one to really say. Um, not to say Vettel isn't talented. Of course he's talented. You don't win four championships without being talented. But is he still at that absolute elite level? I'm not convinced he is. And I think 2020 is a massive year in the in the career of Sebastian Vettel. I think it will do a lot to decide where he goes. Will he stay at Ferrari for a few more years? Will he move somewhere else, perhaps find a seat? Uh, but I think 2020, a lot uh, a lot of answers uh, are going to appear. 
Sam, considering Charles Leclerc managed to beat Sebastian Vettel in 2019, do you think it's a good idea that Ferrari are supposedly building the car around Vettel rather than Leclerc? On the face of it, yes, I think it's a fantastic idea. Sebastian Vettel has got so much experience in developing a car anyway. His input is invaluable. He's spent so much time with Red Bull, so he knows a fantastic chassis. When he sees one, of course, he has so much expertise there, and that car was fantastic. But I'm nervous. I'm nervous because of how well Charlotte Leclerc performed, even as a rookie in that team. And Charlotte Leclerc, who is still going to have a lot of involvement in the development of that car, remember, it's not like he's going to be shut out forever. Um, if he turns around and still beats Seb Vettel, if he beats him comfortably at the end of the season, even though the car is built for a four-time world champion, then I think that is Ferrari career done, finished, over for, for Sebastian Vettel. It's either retirement time or off to another team, maybe replacing Lewis Hamilton at Mercedes for a bit of development time. Who knows? We've rumoured that before. Um, but for me, Vettel's got to come out fighting. He's got to deliver. This is the year he needs to deliver. Mercedes might be off their game as this is the last time that they need to focus before a new era begins. They might be focusing on that 2021 season already. Ferrari to strike now while the iron's hot. And if Vettel fails to do so, a car made for him and the Leclerc beats him, I'm nervous for them. I think it could be a really bad season if it just tips the wrong way. Uh, Harry, do you think the same? Do you think that Vettel uh, having the car built around him is a good idea or not? Uh, I think it's worth the risk because they've secured Leclerc for several years ahead. So why why not take the punt now? If it doesn't go right, then they've still got Leclerc for a few more years and they can build around the car, build the car around him going forward. But yeah, why not give it a punt now whilst Vettel is in the latter latter stages of his career? Um, it's worth a risk one more time to see if Vettel can secure that champion, that fifth championship. So, um, yeah, I think it's a, a risk worth taking for now. Might not work out, but then they've got Leclerc secured, so I, I think it's, it will be fine. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I think it's another another error from Ferrari. I, I really believe that they should have not necessarily built this car around Charles Leclerc, but I don't think they should have predominantly built this car around Sebastian Vettel. Look, Charles Leclerc did an amazing job last season. He did a better job than I thought he would. I, I look back to last season around this time where I said that I think Sebastian Vettel, first year at Ferrari, he is going to beat Charles Leclerc quite comfortably. That didn't happen. Charles Leclerc, even though he was at a deficit for a lot of the season, he went and beat Sebastian Vettel. It, it's not even that if he had just competed with Sebastian Vettel, that would have been that would have marked a good season for Leclerc, definitely. He didn't. He beat Sebastian Vettel. And the theory is that Charles Leclerc, at his age and at his experience, is only going to get better. I do completely understand the point of Charles Leclerc's locked in for the future. He's got years ahead of him. Sebastian Vettel, don't worry, you're our present. I, I understand that. But if Charles Leclerc is already beating Sebastian Vettel at his level of development, Vettel's not getting any better. He's only going to get he's only going to stay the same or get worse. Leclerc year on year should get better and better. So I think it would have made a lot of sense to build, not necessarily build the car around Leclerc, but just play it 50, 50 down the line. Uh, see what happens during the season. Ferrari have made so many little mistakes like this. They, I fully respected their decision to sign Leclerc to a long-term deal. I thought it was a great move. Leclerc is now locked in for a number of years and they can build this team around him. But the first stage of that is apparently to build it away from him. I don't quite understand it. I don't think it's a good move. 
Um, and I hope they don't come to regret it. Maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe Sebastian Vettel really bounces back with a vengeance in 2020. I would love to see it. Uh, I'd love to see that more than I'd like to be right about this. But I, I don't think it's going to happen. And I think they should have they should have put a bit more emphasis towards Leclerc in this car. I'll be bummed, Ben. Don't care. And that's the third one. <laughs> Gotta give her a trilogy of them, surely. A trilogy of up your bums. <laughs> one for each of us. Folks, get in the comments. Let us know which one's your favourite. Uh, there was a time where this show was supposed to be serious. That time <laughs> went a long, long time ago. With three uh, involved, so that was about two years, 11 months ago. Yeah, not even sure it was that. Not even sure it was that. Uh, moving on to our second topic of this evening. Daniel Ricciardo, of course, now has a year under his belt at Renault. Didn't go quite as he would have planned. Renault themselves went back a position in the Constructors' Championship, uh, whereas Red Bull secured another third place to the team, obviously, that Ricciardo left. Um, of course, this question might not be uh, able to be fully answered at this point because Ricciardo still has years left at Renault. But Harry, do you think that Daniel Ricciardo has made a mistake in what he's done based on this one season? Um, I think it's too early to say. And yes, I did say Renault were going to be third last year. But, um, yeah, it's too early to say. They didn't have a good year in 2019. And the, they are the first to admit that. And Ricardo himself admits it too. But... I think it would be too early to start panicking about whether he's made the wrong call. Whilst I know Red Bull did come third, um, if Red Bull start winning the, or challenging properly for the championship this year, and Renault don't progress any further forward, then maybe he he should start to worry. But I also think he's hanging around for the 2021 rules, and I don't know how long this contract is. Is it does it go past 2020 or the end of this year, or does it go does it end? I think it ends at the end of this year. Yeah, so I think that almost leaves him open to going elsewhere should the opportunity arise. Um, so, yeah, so I wouldn't, if I was him, I mean, he, I'm sure he's not. He's like the most relaxed man in human history. But, um, yeah, it's too early to start panicking. We want to see how this year goes as well. I'm not saying they're going to jump up to third again because that was stupid. But, um, yeah, there could be a, a marked improvement and they'll, they'll hope for a, an improvement anyway. So, yeah. Got to wait to see how 2020 goes before you start panicking, lads. If Ricardo's decision was, if Ricardo's waiting for 2021, why do you think he moved to Renault for 2019 and 2020, and then 2021 he makes another decision? Do you think that he he maybe made the decision too early? I think he just needed. I think maybe he was worried about his stock against being against Verstappen. He sat at Red Bull for another two years. I'm not saying he would have been thrashed by Verstappen, but if he was, you know, potentially beat by Verstappen for the next two years, what would that do for his cred as a driver? So I think that was his main motivation. And maybe Renault was the perfect holding ground for him. He gets a few few bob in his pocket and then he goes on elsewhere again. So yeah, I think that was his main motivation. It could just be he may just be using Renault. <laughs> Which is really cruel. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, the point in that is he is earning a fair amount of dollar on that contract at Renault. Um, Sam, do you think that Daniel Ricciardo has made a mistake? I'm going to start by completely agreeing with that final point that Harry just made, in that 
I, I think realistically, if Ricardo was at Red Bull the season we've just had and going forward, I don't think he beats Verstappen. I think Verstappen's form was just so strong in the most recent series. I don't know if Ricardo would have challenged, which you're right, would not ruin his cred as a driver. It would dampen, I think, his credibility amongst the grid. Everyone absolutely loves him as a as a top guy. I mean, we all know that he can lick the stamp and send it. But in terms of across the season-long uh, capable racing into the likes of Hamilton, I don't know if Ricardo's got that yet. My only issue is it was a bit of a do-or-die situation. Ricardo needs to get out of there to try and boost something. I think he desperately hopes that Renault is going to take the step up and not the te- step back that they just happened to have this season. They were worse off and worse off by a fair whack. Uh, so in that case, it, w- it was a bad choice. I don't think he thrashed Hulkenberg in the way that a lot of people said he would. Um, it was a good fight between the two of them. Yeah, of course, he came out on top and he should have done. I think he's a better driver in most people's books. So it looked even worse for him had he not. I'm nervous for this season. Renault don't take a big step up. He starts to get on the slightly older side of the drivers around. If Ferrari lose Vettel, I don't know if they go down the Ricardo route. He's always had that link, mainly because of that Italian heritage, I guess. But still, I'm a little nervous that he just becomes a really solid midfield driver from here on out. Unless Renault are able to pull their finger out and deliver in 2021. And if he gets no good offers for the 2021 season, he's stuck at Renault. If they don't go anywhere again... We lose this opportunity to see Daniel Ricciardo as a world champion, in my opinion. And I will be so devastated to never see him stand on that top spot again. Because we all love him. So I'm, I, I like, I like Harry. It's a little too early to tell. I'm a bit nervous for him at the moment due to the current season that we've just had. I hope he smashes Ocon because he's going to need to again. And I really hope the Renault can take the step up. If they don't take the step up this year, I feel he's making a mistake. Yeah, I think there were perhaps two main reasons that Ricardo left Red Bull and joined Renault. Um, and in one case, I think it was worth the gamble. In the other instance, I'm not certain he should have done it. Um, I mean, the first reason he moved to Renault is because he wants to be a world champion, which it seems a bit ridiculous considering he's moved back down the grid. But there is truth in the fact that Red Bull have been stagnant since the start of the hybrid era, they have been third place pretty much the entire time. Um, and, you know, they solid, solid team. They compete for wins regularly at circuits like Monaco. Uh, this season, we saw Verstappen claim quite a few wins again, but it hasn't progressed on from that at all. It, it looked like there might be something in it when Ricardo won Monaco in 2018. It all unfolded from there. It didn't happen for him. And it just seems to be the case that Red Bull can't quite push on, at least in this era, to that level of Mercedes. And the same thing has happened in 2019. Red Bull haven't quite been there with that team. So it's not as if Ricardo, who I think is a an all-in guy in terms of the championship, I think he that is his one and only sort of goal is to get that championship. I don't think he's interested in a few wins here and there. It still makes sense. And I, I think Ricardo is intelligent enough that he knows that this Renault thing was never going to work overnight. OK, he probably would have estimated that Renault at the end of this season would be perhaps a solid fourth or maybe even pushing on for a podium or two. I think both of those would have been fair. He, they haven't quite been there, but that's still not exactly where he wants to be. This is a long term thing. Um uh, which, again, still confuses me slightly as to the two-year deal. I know that does give him options to sort of see where he's at at that time, but this is a long-term thing. Always has been, always will be. Uh, the other reason I think he moved away, and this is sort of coming out more now, is that the Verstappen dynamic, even though he gets on relatively well with Verstappen himself, the team 
regularly going in the favour of Verstappen. We saw how they dealt with Baku. Um, and there would there was an increased possibility that they believe that Verstappen is their future. If they get into a 50-50 scenario, maybe they favour Verstappen and Ricardo is pushed into a number two role. Something like Barrichello Schumacher, something like Weber Vettel, uh, that kind of thing. However, I don't think he should have moved based on that. Um, I think Verstappen could have used the competition this year. Uh, and let's not forget Verstappen against Ricardo. Ricardo won two out of three seasons. It's it's not the same dynamic as Barrichello Schumacher, where it's very obvious which was the better driver. It was very obvious Schumacher was the number one, and he was much much better than Barrichello. And as unpopular as it might be, it's the same with Vettel and Weber. Vettel was significantly better than Weber. And now we're in a scenario where Ricardo might have been pushed into that secondary role. I don't know if he would have done. I'd like to see him stay there fight for that position because I don't quite think he's on Verstappen's level but I think he's very very close and I think it would have been continually close going into this new era of F1 understand why he moved after a year didn't didn't go the way he wanted this year but at the same time what was it going to be I mean he was, they weren't going to win a championship in 2019 so it, it, it's not like he's lost out on a championship by moving. So we'll see how 2020 goes. It'd be nice to see them make some progress, at least perhaps back into that fourth place is where Ricardo will want to be. Good debate there, lads. Nice. <laughs> nice is a good verdict on that. Uh, so we're going to move on to Haas now. Of course, Haas, they didn't do very well in 2019 to give it a very basic observation. Um, only only really Williams uh, saving their blushes. But um, Haas, after finishing fifth place the year before, thinking that maybe they'll be in that fight again. They weren't. Um, but are they going to head down the same route as Williams? Do you think, Sam, that that is the direction that they're going or will they bounce back in 2020? Well, this is a really tough question because you're asking me, Ben, to predict the future. And it's not something I've been particularly good at doing in the past. Hey, um, you won Teammate Wars last year. The first time ever I won Teammate Wars. So maybe I am getting slightly better at this. I am more nervous about their driver lineup than I am about their car development. Even when they were having really poor races um, with their drivers. The car, yes, it was not a quick car last season. They were going through a lot of turmoil on track and off track. They were still well in front of Williams. They were still quite in front of Alfa Romeo in quite a few races. It, it ebbed and flowed. It wasn't a disastrous season. It just wasn't bloody good in comparison to the rest of what they've done. I'm more nervous about them having Grosjean and box office Kevin Magnussen as their two drivers. We love Magnussen. We love Grosjean. Both brilliant blokes. But are they good enough now to drive a team forward like Haas, who are competing against a, a resurgent McLaren, uh, a fighting hard Renault, and a Toro Rosso that have come out of nowhere, which I no longer call Toro Rosso. That's going to get some... Just gonna, you know, I can't even say the other one. Racing point. There you go. Um, so I'm, I'm nervous more for their ability on track in terms of fighting. They take each other out more than they take anyone else out across the grid. Do I think they're going to fall back as far as Williams? No. I think they've got too much money. I think they've got too much support. I think they've got too much time on their hands. And the expectation is very different. Williams are championship winners. They've got a lot of prestige around them. So it's quite embarrassing to see Williams that far away. And I don't think they've got the interest from the drivers at the moment. I think they're being used as a Mercedes Lego, whereas Haas are a little bit more independent at the moment. I think they can kind of do what they want. They can gel. They can create relationships. They can move things around. I don't think Williams can do that at the moment. I think it's showing in their performance. So Haas, they need to 
kick it on. They need to have a good season. But I don't think they're going to fall as far back as what Williams are doing. I, I think we'll more likely see Williams step up to the back of the midfield than we will Haas drop down to Williams level. Harry, do you think that Haas will drop down to Williams level or perhaps get back in that midfield fight they were in in 2018? Uh, I don't think they're going to spiral into the depths of last um, I think that I just think that they're still a new team. I know we're we're four seasons in now. Yep, four we're four seasons in, but that's still that's still so young in F1 terms. For not just you know a team that's been taken over by another manufacturer or whatever. This is a that's a brand new team. They're all oh god, drop my phone. They're all new, um, so they're all still learning. And I think they they keep 2018 was in a. a, a good year for them they didn't maximize it again because they were they're just learning lessons or, or learning from mistakes and the way they designed the car in, in 19 was another mistake but yeah they're they're i think I'm not saying they're inexperienced but perhaps they're inexperienced in f1 some of the teams so um yeah i'm not i'm not i'm confident they will they'll bounce back from a poor 2019 as i'm confident i think williams will too as well I'm not saying they're going to start challenging for fourth or anything, but I think both of those teams will be closer this year, especially with a stable, um, stable uh, rule rule change. No, no rule changes. What am I trying to say? None of the rules will change this year, so that will help. <laughs> the rules will not be different. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I think with Haas, and I didn't get a lot right predicting last year. I mean, I'm very disappointed still that Teammate Wars, the championship has been, it's just been handed to Sam. I, I'm still very gutted about that. But one thing I did get right is that Haas would go back down the table um, and it would be because of their two drivers. And I think you're absolutely right, Sam, in that Magnussen and Grosjean, uh, and I, I do like both of them, I think they are holding this team back slightly. And I think that applies perhaps more to 2018 than it did in 2019, even though they did better in 2018. I think fourth place was definitely achievable in 2018. 2019, the car was terrible. I don't think they could have done much more than what they did. Um, The issue that Haas now have is that Grosjean and Magnussen through the two cars that they had throughout the year, not sure which one to go down. Did they go the Australia spec or the other one that came along later? Grosjean and Magnussen have a lot of knowledge inside Haas now that is going to be very difficult for a new driver to come in and have that. That um, They've learned so much about the car and what went wrong. They did a shoddy job at the beginning of the year, and I think that's going to come back to bite them in that it's going to be hard to replace the two drivers, even though we know and most people know there are better drivers out there, definitely, that they can have. Um I tend to think that they will improve this season. I think their business model is too effective not to. Um, they're, they're just built differently to Williams. Their, their relationship with Delara is a really great one in the current era of Formula One. Um, I know there's a lot of debate as to whether it should be allowed and is it are they a true constructor, are Haas a true constructor? But I, I think their business model, at least while it's it's, it's legal, it's a, it's a great idea and it's a great route to go down. So I think they won't go down to where Williams are. I think they'll bounce back. I'm not quite sure at the moment how much they'll bounce back. Like I say, I think their driver lineup limits them slightly as to how far up the grid they can go. Uh, but I definitely think the likes of Alpha Tour, I don't like it, Toro Rosso, 
I think, yeah, I think they can get up to the likes of Torosso, maybe Alfa Romeo, the, those sort of teams, and start competing again. I mean, Alfa Toro, not the best name in the world, but they make some lovely jackets. So if anyone listening wants to buy me one, they're about £1,000. Um, message me in the comments. There are so many words in the English dictionary. I'm not sure how many, but there are a lot of them. Yet in 10 teams, we find that two of them have the same word starting them off. It's not okay. Alfa Toro, Alfa Romeo, come on. Can confirm there are 171,476 words in the English language. Pick any of them. Pick bums. Don't care. <laughs> Bum Tory. <laughs> Please, uh, no polit- politicians. Watch yeah, I was about to say, that could open the gates. Good God. Uh, our final topic tonight, we're going to be talking about Mick Schumacher. Um, after his first season in Formula 2, he just finished outside the top 10, did claim a win in the sprint race in Hungary. That was his only trip to the podium all year. Um, will he now kick on and does he need to kick on in order to be seen as something of a viable candidate for Formula 1? Sam, do you think this is a must-win year for Schumacher? I don't think he needs to win the championship. We have seen significantly strong drivers come up from Formula 2 after not winning the championship. Just take Lando Norris, for example. Did not win Formula 2. George Russell beat him. Look at where they both are now. Yeah, okay, you can say that links between teams are maybe guiding things differently, but Norris was comfortably one of the better drivers in Formula 1 last season and has is now a mainstay. He's now a main game that people are fully aware of in Formula 1. He's fine. I think what Mick Schumacher needs to go along and do is a top three finish, top four finish across the season. If he can get a few wins under his belt, he can have a couple of great drives. He can be challenging, so he's not well off the pace. I think if he can finish in those top three maybe top two positions, then I think a driver, maybe a Haas or a, an Alpha, uh, to then step up to Ferrari a little later because he's got the name. I think he'll get there even if he's not as good as possible. I think he could be good enough. He does need to step up. Does he need to win the championship? I don't think so. But a top three finish you, you think he needs this year? I think so. I mean, you look at last year when we had uh, the, the step up of the rookies. You had obviously Russell. You had uh, uh, Norris. You had Albon. Um, look where Gasly came from they all did very very well and I think that really shows so um, for me I mean Nick DeVries for example you you win it you don't go into Formula 1 so it doesn't prove everything you just need to show that you've got the links as well as the talent he's definitely got the links top 3 maybe a top 4 at a real push if some talent really emerges and I think yes he's good enough for F1 yeah, um, as we've seen in 2019, the second place finisher finds himself in Formula One this year. The first place finisher doesn't. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, Harry, do you think he needs to win the championship this year or will a top three position suffice? Um, I, I agree with Sam. I don't think he needs to win. Uh, as we saw last year with um, Norris. Norris only won a race, I think, in 2018. Uh, sorry, not last year. That's two years ago. Um, yeah, he just needs to show... We saw glimpses of it last year, and the winning obviously got that win in Hungary. Um, his career so far has been a bit of a slow burn. We saw in F3, he had a year that wasn't fantastic, and then his second year was much better. He just grew into it. So uh, I would wouldn't be surprised if this was the same sort of case. It's a slow burn, and he's this year going to be uh, he's going to be more competitive. But um, yeah, I agree with Sam. He doesn't have to win the championship. I think he's just got to show that. He's consistently there. And F2 can be so random, varied, full of complete carnage that you don't get someone dominating very often. So um, I'm not, I don't think that's going to happen. But 
he, yeah, he definitely needs to step up as well because his teammate, I think, is going to be a tough little challenger, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, and I've said this on a previous podcast, I'm very excited to see that. There are some exciting rookies coming into Formula 2 this year. Um, I think it's a little... It's, it's going to be tough. I think he needs first or second, maybe third this year. I think it depends on how you want to look at this question. If you want to look at this question as, is he a viable candidate for F1? No, he doesn't need to win this year. Because you look at some of the resumes of other drivers who competed in Formula 2, who made it to Formula 1, and they didn't necessarily win the championship in the second year. I mean, take Latifi is a great example of that. He got second place in his fourth year of Formula 2. And in his first year, he was down in 16th, which was worse than where Schumacher finished in 2019. And he had two fairly middling seasons in between that four-year stretch. Again, Jolian Palmer won the championship in his fourth year, but took, again, took him a while to get there. Maldonado, fourth year, he won the championship. Um, he was outside of the top 10 in his first year. So there are plenty of examples where four-year drivers in Formula 2 are getting into Formula 1. Um, and of course, Schumacher, this will only be a second. So he's still got a few more years on that yet. Um, the problem I have is he is therefore, if he has a decent season, yes, he's viable for Formula One. He'll be good enough for a seat. But if he, is he going to be good enough for a great seat? Is he going to be viewed as a brilliant driver? And I think in that instance, he definitely needs to either win or come second this season. Because, I mean, Lando Norris, like you say, he didn't win the championship in Formula Two. I would say... It's pretty much the only thing he didn't win in his junior career. And if he had won that championship, I think it could be the best junior career of all time. And George Russell, I mean, the guy who beat him, George Russell and Charles Leclerc, um, if you look at those two winners, back-to-back F2 or GP2 winners, they won at their first attempt. Lando Norris, second place, first attempt. Schumacher, if he's not second or third on his second attempt, then suddenly you ask questions, okay, these guys who are already ripping it up in F1, Charles Leclerc in particular has got a few years on the other two guys, but Charles Leclerc already doing a great job in Formula 1 and he was able to get to the summit straight away. And that applies to F3 as well as F2. Same with George Russell as well. F3, F2 wins both straight away. Schumacher took him a season and a half to get into European Formula 3, moves up to Formula 2, has a an average first season. I think he really needs to kick on this season. Like you said, I don't think he necessarily has to win the championship, but I think he at least has to be in the running for it up until the last race or two. I think that's a minimum if he wants to form a successful career in Formula One. Because, I mean, you look at the names that I mentioned for the four-year champions, Palmer and Maldonado, neither amounted to a great deal. Spain, not counting Spain, obviously. So <laughs> I think you can have that. You can have that on your resume. Um, but yeah, I think he needs to make a mark this season. I think it's an important year for him. Another interesting point about those kind of four-year winners that you mentioned is that the majority of those guys tend to be paying drivers as well. They don't tend to be brought back in because of pure talent. They're brought in because of the money and sponsorship that they also bring into Formula 1, where teams such as Sauber, such as Williams, really require that extra... Oh my God, where's my R's gone? Really require that extra funding uh, to survive in Formula 1. So... I don't know how much of that Mick Schumacher's got behind him. Obviously, he's got a lot of funding. He's got a lot of support. I was going to much... say, I, I, I'm going to say, I think Schumacher probably has some money but back of the sofa. <laughs> how many companies are sat there slapping hundreds of millions? Like, Maldonado had the whole of Venezuela behind him. Checo Perez has got the whole of Mexico behind him. 
what's Schumacher got in comparison to that money? He's got money. But has he got that level of money? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't pried into his financial area of the world. But I think if he takes any longer than maybe this season, it looks risky. And maybe keep it up on that not prying into his finances. We could get in trouble. I don't um, do that. I promise. Of course, this debate is completely pointless because we all know who is going to win Formula 2. The boy, Roy Nisani. Go on, Roy. I think it's versus him and Ragunathan. Ragunathan. I can't say his name. I wonder why. Ragunathan. Yeah, I can't quite understand why he's... I can't wait to see Goat Roy. Goat Roy. Oh, I can't think of a better way to finish the podcast than on Goat Roy. But I guess, Sam, you better take us away and do something official. Right, let's move very far away from Goat Roy Nasani. If you have enjoyed the podcast or the YouTube videos, depending on where you are watching, please do consider dropping a like. Hit the subscribe button if you want to stick around for more. We're always bringing out new content. A lot of gaming content coming out now as well that's just sitting us. So make sure you get involved with that as well. Uh, we will be back, of course, at the same time next week. So stick around for that. Uh, in the meantime, I've been Samuel Sage. I've been Ben Hocking. And I've been Roy Nasani. <laughs> and remember, keep breaking late.